Welcome to episode 57 of Choose Metal, a podcast where we take a deep dive into a rock or metal album and see if we can learn something. This week, it's Super Unknown by Soundgarden. Let's get into it. across the table from you, Rich. You are, in real life. In real life, for the first time in five years. It's very strange, it's very wonderful. It um, is. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if we talked about this on last week's episode. We did, you, you said next time we'd record yeah. we together, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, so we're in the same room. Rich has yeah. come to visit me in Bristol, everybody. Woo! It's great. We uh, played some games last night, had some pizza, watched some Queer Eye. It was now that you're on, on the train, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And later on we're going to go and do an escape room. Yep, hopefully get out, and then... Then we'll do another yeah. podcast in a week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> have you got anything to tell me that you've been keeping? You always keep stuff from me. Uh, Even though I've seen you in person, have you still kept something from me? No, I don't think so. No? No. Okay. I'm not to contain my giddiness. <laughs> you did just tell me all about your life as soon as you walked through the door. Exactly, yeah. It was very, we didn't leave the hall for 20 minutes. Exactly. Um, We've been listening to an album, which was super unknown to me. Yeah. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> There's the tagline. Um, yeah, I mean, I was obviously very happy last Is it safe week. to say that this is literally your favourite album? No, uh, I oh. actually I actually think Bad Motor Finger is my favourite. Oh, okay. It's my favourite Soundgarden album. I don't know if it's even my favourite album, which might sound right. very strange because they're my favourite band. Yeah, yeah. No, but, I don't. Yeah. But yeah, Bad Motor Finger is my favourite Soundgarden album, I mm. think. But it's a very close run thing. This one's shit. This one's fucking awful. Right. I can't wait to rag on it for the next hour. <laughs> no, it's a very close In terms of Soundgarden's catalogue, okay. it's... Right down the line between yeah. those two. Because I felt like we, we shouldn't just go into it. Like, obviously, you're a big fan. Yes. Chris and Soundgarden. And so, I, yeah, I just didn't know where this ranked. For if you. there's any point. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, again, if anybody's heard, uh, episode three of season one was, we did Down on the Upside, which was their album after this, before mm-hmm. they broke up for 10 years or whatever it was. Um, so, yeah, this is their, like, big album. And I, I bought it. I've been thinking about this this week. I bought it. I went to New York for the first time in 2006. Cool. And I bought it, the Virgin Megastore in Times Square, nice. which no longer exists. So it's 15 years this year, 15 years next month that I've been listening to this album. Half your life? Half my life. Uh, wow. And it is. So, yeah, it's a... Did you go to New York to buy this album? Yeah, it is, yeah. It was a sabbatical for me. Yeah. I just, I don't know why I could have gone to Seattle, but I went to New York, Times Square, bought this, came home. Nice. Uh, my family were distraught. Um... Yeah, so there's no point in me hiding the fact that... I mean, I screamed, basically, last week. I was very excited when we picked it. So there's no point in me saying anything other than right now. I really like Soundgarden. They're my favourite band. I really like this album. Yeah. But you had never heard... You'd never heard any Soundgarden before we did Down on the Upside, right? I knew Rusty Cage. Singles, yeah. And I knew a couple of singles from this. Yeah. Before Soundgarden. But you've never done a Soundgarden album before Down on the Upside. Never. And since then, you've not listened to any other Soundgarden albums. No. Again, as we discussed last week, we don't really have time when we listen to a new... Well, exactly. Also, it it seems silly to listening to a new album when I know that it's going to come up on exactly. the podcast like, yeah. I want to experience that for the first time for the episode rather than just be like oh yeah I didn't know it but then I listened to it last month for yeah. so like for no reason yeah I agree that's part of the fun because there's so many albums on that list that I want to listen to like yeah. more Architects and more Black Sabbath and stuff yeah. but also I, I love the feeling of oh me and Richard listened to this for the first time exactly and so I'm like holding off on all these albums I want to listen to yeah. like you must want to listen to loads more Pantera exactly you, yeah, you're not allowed <laughs> but I can't <laughs> Stupid rules. What a stupid podcast this I know. is. <laughs> okay, um, so so I mean, so again, if you want to listen to Soundgarden's history, we've done it all on super on that episode three because the yeah. album we listened to was after this one, so we've talked about yeah, so sort of covered their formation era. and stuff. Yeah, but we can talk about this album, you know, as as an entity because it was yeah. It's weird to say it's the one that like broke them through because it was like two years before they broke up, which really throws me off. Mm-hmm. They've been together like their first album is like eighty six or something. And then Bad Motor Finger came out in 91 with, with uh, Nevermind and it kind yeah. of broke them through on that level. But this one was like top of the charts kind of thing. It's kind of interesting that this was the one that shot them to Stalin because it sort of happened just as grunge sort of disappeared. Yeah, it's the same it year came that, out that Kurt like a died. Month, well, less than a month before Kurt Cobain died. Yeah. And 
that is like everyone's sort of signifier of when grunge ended mm-hmm. and this had only just come out and obviously yep. they, they weren't like unknown before that no but it's like huge album and goodnight and, yeah so, exactly yeah. but then they're still going obviously and, like Pearl Jam was still going yeah. and Alice in Chains was still going mm-hmm. but it's kind of strange that the big wave that the... things were declared over yeah. when yeah. post grunge was suddenly a thing yeah, exactly. we're now yeah. post grunge yeah. what about all the grunge bands that still exist yeah it's also yeah it's kind of strange but yeah so it came out March 8th 1994. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it got to number one in America. It did. Uh, Not big, bad. Big news. And got to number four in, in the UK. Come on! Um, music Box by Mariah Carey was number one. Fuck off. Yeah. It's worse when you're across from me saying it. <laughs> Telling me these bad facts and I can see you. Uh, is she not going to make a, an appearance on the podcast, do you think? Um, do you mean a guest appearance? Like, get her on board? Well, I mean, if she wants to, sure. <laughs> maybe she's I, like, I, I see. maybe she loves System of a Down. <laughs> maybe she does. Yeah. Um, I, I meant more that her album Music Box if it was we better than Super Unknown I guess so yeah, yeah. if the right? UK audiences thought it was better than Super Unknown who yeah. am I to argue uh, and it sold quite a lot just a couple yeah. I reckon 4 million in the US I mean not bad only 100,000 in the UK I mean of course because <laughs> they're all buying Music Box instead <laughs> and 9 million worldwide it's apparently sold which yeah. is really big it is. Like, that's a yeah. lot of albums. It is, because like, the problem with grunge is that you compare everything to Nevermind, I know. which is not fair, because Nevermind was like... One of the biggest... Ever, a phenomenon, yeah. like, took over the entire world. Yeah. So every other grunge album, it's like, oh, it only sold two million copies. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, but... Yeah. It was like Alice in Chains. It's quite weird that it sold yeah. two million like, copies. I think this is kind of an odd album. Oh, God, yeah. And, like, to have got to number one and sold nine million copies, like, I find it quite strange that this is the one that got them... To where they got mm-hmm. to because it is a weird little album yeah absolutely it's one of those things we've talked about this a bunch of times where it's like a moment in time yeah. and then when we look at it now we're like how yeah. did that get to number one yeah like in, in but this context. other thing didn't exactly yeah. yeah something that you'd think oh obviously like a pop like how did hybrid theory not get to number one yeah but this did yeah. I'm not saying that that's what no. I think of them as albums no but that's yeah. full of three minute songs you know yeah. and new metal was like just riding yeah. the wave this is like the dying like death knell of grunge they're all like seven minutes yeah exactly <laughs> the album's 70 minutes long it's not exactly like I mean it's a, like you know it's a rock album but it's not like a mainstream rock album no, they didn't like, it's, like turn it's not hugely accessible in the way that even Nevermind is yeah like, because you know, that's got the pop side yeah because Kurt was such a good like yeah. had married the two whereas this is just Soundgarden being Soundgarden yeah. as they always are so I, I read, obviously you can tell me everything I say today, whether it's true or false, but I read that this is, like before this they were very, much more metally and then this was their album that was like rocky rather than metal. Is that yeah, right? I would I would say so. Um, there's some stuff on this that's real like sludgy, like heavy stuff. It certainly um, is. And this, this has also got like the thing that we found on Down, Down the Upside, which is like the psychedelic, yeah. the kind of experimental stuff. Yeah. Certainly their first few, Ultra Mega Okay and, and Loud Love and then, Louder Than Love, sorry, and then Bad Motor Finger are a bit more like grunge grunge like you know like Alice in Chains like the yeah. kind of metal side Very of dirty. things yeah quite fast and quite they obviously have the weird odd time stuff but mm-hmm. it's definitely more of the there's, there's a lot less clean guitar on Bad Motorfinger in the first right, two okay. albums whereas this is where they first started playing with like Fell Black Days and that sort of yeah. thing that doesn't exist before this um, you mean that song wasn't on the other albums yeah I mean yeah <laughs> just do a different version of it on every album hard 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 stuff um, no, because yeah, there's things like Mind Riot on Bad Motorfinger, which is the one I told you that's tuned to all ease. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is kind of a soft song, but it sits in the middle of that album, which is just madness. Um, so yeah, but again, but they didn't like like Black Hole Song, we'll talk about it, but it's not like a single, you know what I mean? No, like it's not in terms of like a modern pop rock yeah, single. I'm it's, excited it's, to get into that. It's song so strange because it's their biggest song in ever, right? Yeah, yeah. It's their biggest single. It's, it's their biggest one everyone knows. It's, an odd song. it's <laughs> such a weird song. It's such a strange song. And I don't know why the record company was like, that's going to be huge. And then it was huge. Yeah. Like, why? It's yeah. such a weird little five minute thing. It is. Um, Should we um, quickly do some personnel and stuff? Obviously, like, we've covered that. Yeah, but we've. 54 can... episodes ago. <laughs> I cover it every episode. I'm sure <laughs> he comes up to me. But yeah, we can do a quick personnel. Who is the singer in Soundgarden? No, it's just some guy. So, Chris Cornell, again, for anyone who's not listened to episode three, Chris Cornell is my favourite musician of all time. Uh, I'm in love with him mm-hmm. uh, and I miss him dearly. Um, Kim Thile is the lead guitarist. Yeah. Uh, you have Matt Cameron on the drums, who we have mentioned countless times because he's yeah. a wizard. Uh, and then Ben Shepard, who we've also mentioned quite a lot because he is an amazing bass player. Yeah. Just a little four piece. Chris plays guitar as well as singing, but not always, sort of song to song. Um, a lot on this album he does, but live, sort of on and off. 
Yeah, and behind the scenes, um, it was recorded at Bad Animal Studios in Seattle. Yeah. Um, they basically, they were like, uh, there were no good studios in Seattle, which is kind of weird because Grudge was already huge. Was Seattle-based, yeah. yeah. How, how? Um, but they, they decided to go there because it had... I can't remember what it's called. It's a, a type of mixing. Oh, yes, a desk. Yeah, I yeah. can't remember what it's called either, but I know it was it's like, like a certain one. And they're like, oh, it's got one of them. We have to go there. Yeah. Um, and it had pre- previously been owned by the Hart sisters. Oh, okay. Um, so it was basically where they recorded all their stuff. Right. And then they'd also done like a Bette Midler album there as well. Oh, that's <laughs> And then suddenly like Chris and the guys turn up and they're like, hello. Hi. Uh, but they also did um, like around this time, this year, Hole did an album there and right. Pearl Jam did Vitalogy there Oh, well. shit. Okay. Um, and Deftones went there for their first few albums. Oh, Christ. Uh, Audio Slave did their debut there as well. So um, It sounds like a great studio. What yeah. are you talking about? And then like Pearl Jam kept going back and Eddie Vedder did all his solo stuff. And most importantly, the 10 Things I Hate About You soundtrack. Of course. Stuff. That's all that matters. Yeah. Um, it was... So their previous two albums, I didn't realise they'd worked with Terry Day. No, I'd forgotten. But Until when I read point. it, I was like, oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And then they stepped away from him. Mm. And I saw a quote from Kim saying that they... They wanted to find someone who didn't have a trademark sound that yeah. they were going to try and push onto Soundgarden, which I don't know if that means that they had a bad time working with Terry Day. I mean, I, I, like, I don't think so. At least I've never read anything to that effect. But I think it's more like, again, if we listen to Louder Than Love and Fun Ripping, it's what you just said. It's like mm-hmm. the metal sound where their guitars are like, yeah. as you'd imagine. Yeah. Whereas this has got a lot more... Talking of the recording, like the weird thing about this is they recorded every song individually tracked, which is like yeah. they did like everything. So drums, bass, guitars. Next song, drums, bass, guitars. Instead of what everyone else does, which is all the, all drums, the drums, then all the yeah. bass, and then all the guitars. Yeah. So they were in the studio for like six months, I think. Mm-hmm. And the guitar, the sorry, the engineer and the producer um, was like again the opposite of Terry, where it was like experiment with everything. Yeah. Like Terry knows exactly how to get the perfect guitar sound, and he just goes, yeah. "Done it. Let's record all the guitars." Whereas on this album, apparently, every song, it was like, oh, let's try this, let's try this. And Chris said, like, by the end of it, they were sick of playing the songs because they'd yeah. be like, play it through. No, let's change the sound. Play it through. Change the sound. Yeah. Until they finally dial it in and then record it. And it's like, I've played this song 800 times. Yeah. So they're a lot more experimentation. But I, yeah, I don't think they... I've never seen a thing that's like, we fucking hated Terry Day. Like Corey with Rick Rubin. Yeah. I don't think. I, don't well, I was just surprised because like we've talked about Terry Day so much. And he's so reared and yeah. everyone wants him. Yeah, so then to, for a band to be like, Let's find a different producer. Yeah, like you've got Terry Day. Yeah, no, yeah it's like <laughs> in your back pocket. Yeah, but, but so they they got Michael Bein Beinhorn. Yeah, um, who had done a lot of early Chili Peppers stuff. Okay, uh, Herbie Hancock he'd worked with. Bloody hell! Um, no wonder it sounds like it does. Yeah, yeah. Um, Soul Asylum as well, and then around this time he worked with. Uh, well, in this same year he worked with Soundgarden, Aerosmith, and Ozzy Osbourne. Not bad. Um, yeah, not and bad. Yeah, he did Untouchables by Corn. Shit. Um, okay. Yeah. So some interesting stuff. Yeah. Uh, and it was mixed by our good friend Brendan O'Brien. Brendan, I think this might be the first time Chris worked with him. And then went oh, right. to, yeah, and then went on to work with him like, yeah. with audio slave and stuff. Uh, but they also self-produced this a bit um, as they did with that on the upside. I think, yeah, well. I think so, yeah. Um, and apparently the length of the album was to was basically because they didn't want to argue about what songs to cut. Yeah. Which might be a sign of like things where, to where, where it came. Yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. Because that's the thing, we talked about this on Down the Upside, but they're, they're the type of band where everyone writes. Yeah. Either people write music, Chris writes the lyrics, or they write the lyrics and give them to Chris. Yeah. So, yeah. And like, we had that same thing on Down the Upside, I think, where it was like, everyone had their own song. And Kim mm. said like, no one, like, um, they didn't jam anything together. It was just like, yeah. here's a whole song and here's a whole song. So do they have quite like a, like, even at this point, do they have quite a difficult like atmosphere I, like you don't really yeah I don't really know without like reading into it I know that obviously yeah two years later they went on tour and broke up and then I know that afterwards there was a period of like where none of them were particularly happy it spawned five singles this album out of 15 songs they sure all they were well the, the lowest charting one in the US rock track rock chart was 13th that's not bad and upwards from there all of them that's not bad at yeah. all I always forget My Wave is a single that's the one I always forget yeah, yeah. strange single because it's a strange single yeah. um and four Grammy nominations slash wins. Come on. Which I think might be our best, like most for one album so yeah, far. Four think, is quite a lot. Yeah, it's quite a lot. Um, and weirdly, they're all from 1995. Oh my <laughs> God. Uh, shall I quickly go through them? Yes, go for it. So um, we'll get through some of these songs obviously later, but Spoon Man won for best metal performance. Yeah. Um, and I looked at, that was the sixth year there had been a best metal Grammy. 
Right. And it was their fourth nomination. So Jesus in six God. years, they've been in there four times. Um, I'll just quickly tell you what it was up against, if you're interested. Yeah, of course, always. Um, it was up against Pantera, Megadeth, Anthrax with Public Enemy, and Rollins Band. So okay. I, mean, I don't know any of the songs, but it was I'm Broken by Pantera. Well. Oh, that's a tune. Is it? Yeah. Well, not as much as Spoon Man, apparently. Um, Black Hole Sun won Best Hard Rock Performance. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so weird. Yeah. Grammys are so weird. Yeah, exactly. It's not quite the... Uh, the metal of Spoon Man, I guess. Let me just find that one. It's Pantera, Anthrax. <laughs> no, it was uh, Alice in Chains, Beastie Boys, Green Day, Pearl Jam. Okay. Sound, Soundgarden won. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was up against Sabotage by Beastie Boys. Fuck. And Long View by Green Day. Shit. Yeah. So it's a big, big year. It's a big year. And then it was nominated for Best Rock Song for Black Hole Sun, as well as Best, Best Hard Rock Performance. Hard Rock Performance. What? Okay. Yeah, this is where it gets confusing. It lost to Mr. Bruce Springsteen for Streets of Philadelphia. Fine with that. Yeah. Win him an Oscar. Um, but I think so. The thing is, for that nomination, it was Chris Cornell who was nominated rather than Soundgarden. Okay. So I think the song is, is like the, the writer, writer and the performance is whoever performance the musician is. Yeah. Just to, not that I don't love Streets of Philadelphia, but it yeah. is not a rock song in any way, or shape, or form. No, I'm sure it's not. No. No. I mean, it, the, also in that was uh, All Apologies, so Kurt Cobain. Okay. Um, Melissa Etheridge and was, was up for two. Oh, what? So that she was in there twice, Bruce Springsteen, Kurt Cobain, and Chris Cornell. Chris Cornell. Yes. That means, so there is a hypothetical here where one Grammy nomination could be just the same person five times. I guess so. If you had a really strong year. Yeah, <laughs> just, okay. I guess so. Um, yeah, because you just released an album. Yeah, maybe released really five singles. singles. Yeah. yeah, you're fine. And then the fourth one, it was up for Best Rock Album, which I don't even think exists anymore. No, probably not. Um, but it was, oh God. it lost to Rolling Stones. Oh. Voodoo Lounge. That is an interesting yeah. competition. It is. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about? Sort of. No, not, nece- not necessarily. It was. I mean, we can quickly say that it was well received critically as well yeah, as in uh, lots of like best of lists and end of year lists. And, yeah, and and since in best grunge albums of all time and, and that yeah. sort of thing. Um, and yeah, and our friends Rolling Stone actually quite liked it. That's mm. always fun. Yeah. Um, I did see that Chris broke several microphones whilst they were recording because they uh, they sort of didn't have the right microphones for him to like project his to give it, voice yeah. and just like just kept breaking them <laughs> oh well you live and learn yeah. Um, but yeah do you want to do a track listing and then we'll jump in I would love to okay uh, 15 songs I've never listened to oh my god well I have now obviously yeah <laughs> okay we've got Let Me Drown My Wave Fell on Black Days Mailman Super Unknown Head Down Black Hole Sun Spoon Man Limo Wreck the Day I Tried to Live, Kickstand, Fresh Tendrils, Fourth of July, Half, and Like Suicide. Hey everybody, that's Jess's mum on the phone. <laughs> Making her debut. <laughs> so let's get on to Let Me Drown. I mean, you start singing it at the end of the I just started singing So I might as well try to keep Yeah, I mean, this is, it's straight in, like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's, it is, yeah. Sort of, I don't know, it's more straight in than... Pretty Noose was yeah, not, yeah, not, yeah I mean I'm not going to spend all day just no but it's fair enough to compare to the yeah. album that came after this that know? was like a you know guitar comes in the, the weird guitar, wow wow like, yeah. yeah and then the band comes in but this was just like full just band straight away yeah. yeah and it's just a straightforward it's just a riff that just until the chorus it's just dead out and yeah. dead out like nothing nothing well, changes they do that a lot with just like having the same riff through a lot of stuff and yeah. even like through the chorus they might put yeah yeah the same just change it to chords or exactly. whatever but yeah, yeah but the same notes yeah which is interesting also it just reminded me of Drowning Slowly by Audio oh, Slaves like what, what's his obsession with, uh, <laughs> with that sort of analogy yeah 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 it's, so it's about I, I only learned this this week but it's like the imagery of it we'll talk about I guess mm-hmm. we'll talk about his I, I mean I've always loved his lyrics but on this album I think there's some really good stuff yeah. like he, he's, he's really good at painting like a picture with his words mm-hmm. um, and I I when I say picture, I mean like a hideous, like a weird, yeah, like, yeah. you know, not nothing like poetic. Um, the, apparently the lyrics of this are him just thinking about like crawling back to the womb to die. Yeah. Which is like a hideous thing to say. Yeah. But the way he gets it across is really poetic and strange. Yeah. I think, so like. it was about, yeah, he, he was really interested by the fact that salmon go back to where they're born to die. Yeah. And he was like, what if humans did that? Yeah. Which is, uh, yeah, pretty interesting stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think... If this album is the transition between metal and rock, mm-hmm. then I think this is a really good song to start with. Yeah. Because it is pretty heavy. Yeah. But it's definitely rock. 
Yeah. Rather than like, it's not very abrasive. No. It's pretty dirty. Like mm. we're talking about how my own prison felt grungy. Yeah. But it, it really lacked that thing that makes yeah, things yeah. grunge. I think it's just like, yeah, it didn't have the, like the dirt that this yeah. song has. There's yeah. just something about it. It just feels like it's literally like... Yeah, it's something about Seattle at yeah. the time. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. And it's like, like you say, it's not... Because the album goes into so many kind of weird directions. I think, like you say, they, they're, it's a good choice of tr- in terms of sequencing to be like, we're coming from Bad Motorfinger, we're going to try some stuff, but let's start with just a punch you in the face. Yeah. Rock song. Yeah. It, it does something that's quite strange to me, which is in the chorus of the bit where he's saying, don't let it go. Mm-hmm. And it comes off that riff and goes into this like roll. Yeah. Like it feels like that's something you do after your second chorus, building into a bridge or a solo. But they've just put it as their third line of their chorus and then they just go back to the riff. It's like it's cool, but it just feels kind of like a strange decision. Yeah. Which I think they do a lot of like really not what you'd expect them to do, which is probably why like people are still talking about them. Yeah. Because they're not just like four chords and go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's some of that again, like you said, we'll talk about it as we go, but some of the structures of mm-hmm. these songs not are not what you would typically yeah. it's not naughty like you say, it's not verse chorus or verse pre-chorus chorus and then we go straight into the verse. It's like a, something yeah. happens that you're not yeah. expecting. Um I do love the bridge of this so when it drops down and Ben you hear Ben giving the he's killing it on this album. He's so good, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And again, knowing that his bass is down here. It's like, how? How are you doing this? I think Kim's solos are phenomenal on this album they're so like he's got he plays like no one else in my, yeah. in my head he's got he's just not contained by anything like, yeah but also like they're they're really impressive technical yeah. solos but they're never actually showy like no you could easily listen to these songs and actually not realise he's soloing mm-hmm. he's sort of just in there yeah and it might just be in like a I mean this is like solo time yeah but some of them it's just like Matt and Ben are just like playing around yeah and you're like hang on he's shredding yeah, yeah. like where's in the left ear yeah. Yeah. yeah and Chris might be wailing exactly and, like, yeah. Yeah. and everyone's just like doing their thing and yeah. he just happens to be doing something yeah. insanely complex rather than just like yes yeah yeah and then the other strange thing it does is like right at the end it does everything you'd expect from a pub ending apart from the big note the big note yes goes up to it dun 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 stop yeah so cool yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, My Wave? Yeah, that is the second song. You are absolutely right. That The reason I keep forgetting this is a single is because it's such a weird little song. It is a weird song. That, that it never feels like a single compared mm. to the other four, I guess. Doesn't um, it? So, so I actually, I knew there's five singles. What are the five singles? So the five singles are Black Hole Sun, mm-hmm. Super Unknown, mm-hmm. Fell on Black Days, mm-hmm. The Day I Try to Live, yep. and My Wave. Interesting. See, yeah. I think Super Unknown is a weird option there as well. Yeah. Oh, Super, sorry, not Super Unknown. Did I say Super Unknown? You did, yeah. Oh, I meant Spoon Man. I meant Spoon Man, sorry. (laughs) Starts with an S. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Super Unknown would be a weird single. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. But this is the one, of those five, I think this one sticks out as being quite a strange choice. I think it was the last single. I might be wrong, but I feel like it might have been one of those sort of afterthought singles. But it's just like, it's in 5-4. Yeah. But it's just got this like, it's got that really Soundgarden thing, dun dun dun, wah! Like, just like, what note are you playing and why are you playing it? Like, how did you come, what made you play that note? Yeah. yeah, and the story behind this, did you see that it's like the last song they, they wrote for the album? No, I didn't. Yeah, so they, they were rehearsing for the tour. They'd like pretty much finished with tracking. They were getting ready to go out on tour, so they were rehearsing. And at, at rehearsal one day, someone just went, da-da-da, and they just uh-huh. wrote My Way 20 minutes. And then just and then put it on the album. The second song on the album. Yeah. Interesting. Which is, we often talk about like double headers at the top of an album. Yeah. And I think Let Me Drown is an excellent opener. Mm-hmm. I think this is a pretty weak song yeah. for me and it's well not like weak but it's one of the weaker ones yeah and like there's bits about it I don't like and I was like oh god it's the second song and I'm already doubting yeah, things yeah yeah it made me very worried yeah okay. because it's like it's not Rhinosaur that's for sure for sure it's not Rhinosaur yeah I agree with you like I the uh I, as a song it's pretty cool I think bits of it but just the the actual chorus when he eventually gets to it yeah get on my way yeah yeah it's just weird it is it's a strange yeah because it's got the the, the really rock feel I really like the verses on the 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 tom feel and then the core like the sort of first chorus the piss on my gate bit yeah it's cool cool. like that noise but then yeah the keep off my wave is like the yeah it becomes this like really psychedelic and really like yeah. like new wave like surfy rock yeah absolutely yeah and then, you're talking about waves but yeah but no but you're absolutely right and then it like breaks back down to the verse and then obviously the outro 
becomes that like dun, dun, before it descends into that and I don't know how any of them are keeping time with anything that's going on but um, it gets a nice little bass solo as it well. does yeah and Matt's, Matt's yeah exactly and Matt's all over on this song Matt's yeah. like having loads of fun yeah. but I mean I don't I don't not like it but I know what you mean it's a weird it's a weird song to put second mm-hmm. on the, I, like, I don't know where it would fit better but it's a weird double header up the top if you, if you don't really know what you're in for yeah. you get like a straightforward rock song and then this weird like I, I think maybe if you went Let Me Drown and Spoon Man yeah. and then dropped it down to Feather Black Ace yeah. people would be like okay this is rock maybe that's then, why they did it yeah. because it's you know they know what they've got and they don't want to conform to those things yeah maybe don't don't give a shit yeah exactly how do you feel about Fell on Black Days pretty good it's quite good <laughs> it's quite a good song isn't yeah it? it's uh, I mean it's so dark yeah and I think I really connect with their much darker stuff yes which maybe means I really like the early stuff as yeah. well I don't know if it's dark or just heavier yeah um, but yeah it's like I think that the very first like 10 seconds you get to hear all the instruments and it's just like the perfect example of production and dynamics yeah. and just how to bring in everything instruments yeah. just like that when it yeah. and it comes in and that guitar yeah. that like weird yeah. it's just really smartly put together yeah yeah I love it. It's such a strange riff as well. That like, it's such a strange part. Yeah. And it's got like the three, like the three most dun, 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 But yeah, it's, it's six eight, right? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't dun, at all feel dun, like dun, fun dun, 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 dun. No, it doesn't it's feel just, at all. Yeah. And I, I mean, love you're making this up really. Uh, yeah, really happy <laughs> no, but no, but you're absolutely right. Yeah, it, like it's much darker than that. The I love the lyrics. I love the melody in this. It's so good, like the whole thing, and the fact that it's really low key, like you said for. Until the how would I know this could be my fate? And even then it's not it doesn't kick off, it just no. goes da 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 yeah. but it's not like rah But it's so, I think it's probably the first time in the album that we hear Chris's like big voice. Yeah. With, like the two sides of yeah. it, which is uh, which is cool, yeah. Is. I also think um for, I've put for me that this is probably like as close to defining grunge as you can get. Yeah. Like a song like this would mm-hmm. be like if you were trying to show someone what grunge is, yeah. like with five songs, this would probably be this would probably make the top. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, this one, just quickly, this one is yeah. another one that has the weird structure. Like, it's got yeah. the two choruses and then the how would I know, and then another verse, and then I sure don't mind a change, and then yeah. another chorus, and then back to how would I know. It's like, yeah. what? Who pieced this yeah. together and, and how? To put those those things that would usually just come in once. Yes. They just go back to them yeah. sometimes, which is, I mean, it's cool because those bits are always, I think, maybe like Chris's most sort of interesting mm-hmm. vocal melodies. Yeah. Like, when he goes to a bridge or like really goes off on one with yeah. his voice, so nice to hear that it's great to hear it a second time. Yeah, like, absolutely. You know, and when you're not expecting it, it's yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. You think, oh, that was a great bridge. I'll never hear that again. Yeah. And then it's like, actually, it's now the outro as well. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. what? Um, great. So, Mailman. Oh. I knew you'd like Mailman. Please tell me you like Mailman. <laughs> so I knew you'd like it. It's so. I listen to this song all the time. It's one of my like. It's one of those tracks. I feel like it's just. A song you no one would know, you know what I mean? They don't play it live, and if I'm like, not? well, I've seen them play it once, right. um, but yeah, it's just like you know, it's like fourth track on Super Unknown. It's not yeah. one of the singles. Like, yeah, it's, like, it's such a gem. Should be. Fuck me. So I mean, you can see why because it's like this insanely down-tuned, chuggy, just, weird yeah, thing. But, so like, it is. I mean, it's super dark lyrically. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, I mean, it, it it feels like a sort of boiled frog situation again yeah. of like worker ads like exploited yeah. and, the, and I guess the mailman thing is a reference to going postal uh, yeah so when I like, when I saw yeah. them at um, uh, Hyde Park mm-hmm. he they played this and he introduced mm-hmm. it by saying he was like saying so you know you have a normal day at work sometimes you enjoy your day sometimes you don't sometimes you go into the office and shoot everyone yeah and then they just started dun, 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 and just started playing mailman and I was like oh god yeah, um, but it's that verse melody is wonderful, and then yeah. the, oh, every second of this song is just yeah. I love uh, obviously we I think we talked about this a lot on down the upside where like you can hear the human side of their yes. instruments, and I love on this one every single time because he does like the two chugs, but yeah. still letting it ring out. You every time you hear his like finger hit the note, yeah. like hit the string, so that it doesn't ring out. Yeah, every single time. Yeah. They're really good at that, just like that. Like it doesn't change, but it's yeah. just like it's like metallic the way they just make like two notes yeah. sound heavy as all hell. And it's probably yeah. only in like C maybe or D. It's probably you know they, right. ne- they never go really down to much further. Like yeah, I was wondering because 
They, they had some pretty odd tunings last time. Yes, there are some uh, odd tunings. Have you noted any this time? Uh, I mean, I can... Uh, this, sort of stuff this no, time. yeah, yeah, there's a few that are worth noting. So this one is in C, G, D, G, B, E. So just the bottom two tune yeah, down fine. to C and G. The, the weirdest one is uh, My Wave and The Day I Try to Live are both in E, E, B, 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 B. But other than that, it's just you're sort of playing on C, F, C or D, G, D. Okay. You know, nothing ridiculous. Not yeah. all E's or anything, but that... That one is quite strange. Um, uh, but yeah, this song's great. I love it. It's got another strange bit, just a break. It's not even a thing. In the last chorus, when it stops, and it goes, it like stops, it goes, and it's like, what in fuck's name was yeah. that? And, who? and it, there's a there's a riff on the, it's already saying, riding you all the way. And he's like, so they're playing with that riff, so it's almost the same riff, but it's like the ascending one. Like, yeah. Doo, 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 doo. Yeah. That's so like, you can see how bands like Deftones, who are probably, I mean, they were around at this point, but they were still... Definitely new metal yeah. and not that sort of dark sort of sound. Like you can definitely hear them listening to this and being like, "Oh, this is yeah. this is something." Yeah, because uh, it's so creepy in a way, isn't it? And then also he does the, like the double vocal layering yeah. as well, which just adds to that. Like on certain lines, he just hits it. And yeah, it's just like yeah. especially when he's talking about basically like killing someone and dragging them to yeah, hell. Or exactly. Yeah, yeah. But um... the weird thing about this song, obviously, it's super creepy, super dark pretty like heavy yeah at the same time it's got this like i don't know how to describe it without sounding like really weird and perverted but (laughs) it's got this sort of like seductive yeah absolutely yeah it's like i could really imagine this in the back of like a perfume ad yeah of like you know like black and white models on horses and it's just like Like, there's something kind of like weird like bar rock about it yeah yeah of that of that sort of like cool sexy American yeah, yeah, yeah. rock but it's also like not at all no absolutely it's, he, like, yeah his verse it's the, I think it might be his voice helps doesn't it he's got that really does the falsetto it's yeah, really like yeah. appealing but yeah. what he's saying is like awful yeah yeah, yeah. it's just it yeah, puts you in really weird heads it does song. yes it does uh, Super Unknown so yeah. you said it should be a single is that because you hate it or just because it's a weird, it would be a weird single I don't like it that much okay. like, I think probably this and uh, My Wave are probably the two that I find the weirdest okay um so again, it's like we're only five songs in. And I was yeah. like, okay. you're up and down and up and yeah, down. Yeah. Like, it's quite bluesy, which is kind of cool. Yeah. But for me, it just feels like it feels very album tracky, which okay. is an odd thing for the title track. For the title track, yeah. because you'd think this would be a big one. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, there's just nothing really that hits me about this song okay. in the same way that some of the other ones do. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Right. So we'll quickly say we talked about this off air, but the mm-hmm. title comes from apparently Chris misread a VHS that was called Super Clown yeah. uh, and so he was like oh I've never heard of Super Unknown before that's great and then fucking wrote a song yeah, um, yeah. so I, I do like the song I think okay. I, I really like the I know what you mean it's quite like not straightforward but um, I like I like the groove of it just like the down 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 I kind of like that and I love the melody because it's just like every other line is like wow yeah, like, yeah I mean his voice does sound huge yeah you can hear them they've clearly had to like fade his vocals out yeah because he just he's breaking microphones. Yeah, he's breaking microphones. <laughs> yeah. He's clearly just not like, like his notes are just too long to yeah. contain. So they're just like, we'll just fade you out. Yeah. Just do so, what you want to do. <laughs> just going off on one somewhere. There's like tape of him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I know. Like the, the chorus is quite straightforward. It's just the same line yeah. three times. And the, it just and the goes like change. And, I don't know. It, to me, it's strange that almost strange that this isn't a single. Yeah. Because I think it'd be an odd choice for a single. But there's like. The chorus of this and the chorus of my wave feel very like commercially yeah. minded as as they're written. Mm-hmm. So then for this to be there but not actually then pushed as a yeah. single, it's kind of odd to me. But um, yeah, yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Again, like I I know I like it, but I know what you mean. It is, it's 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 maybe a bit. It's not a bit long for me who who likes it, but I can see how like it sticks around maybe a bit too long and, and it's yeah. just sort of the same groove for the five minutes. Yeah, well, but, yeah. I mean that's the other thing because like a lot of the, like this is over five minutes. This yeah. Song. And like my wave is five minutes twelve. Yeah. Just, these songs that aren't like I don't know maybe that could be like, let more. me let me drown with less than four minutes. So yeah. it's uh, it to me it feels like the songs that have less to say stick around longer. Yeah. which is interesting. Yes, I do really like uh, again. I mean, I've just said that I like the whole song, but I love the bit in the middle where it breaks down to the "Get Yourself Afraid" bit, yeah. and then it just goes control bam, <laughs> like it's fucking shredding. Yes, that's great. Yeah, absolutely. So then we get to head down, which yeah. is 
there are two tracks on this album that I don't actually like. Okay. For someone who adores the album and mm-hmm. obviously adores Soundgarden, there are two tracks that I don't like and Head Down is the first of the two. Okay. This to me has the... Right, that means I'm going to need to play the game of guessing the next one. Okay. This has the feel of, um, of Apple Bite from Down on the Upside. Okay. That thing of like five minutes that doesn't do much. Mm-hmm. Doesn't, do you remember how we didn't really... Yeah. It's just like the same thing for sort of five minutes. Yeah. Didn't say very much. Didn't. It was like a feel and it was a cool feel. Like the music's quite cool and everyone's playing but... But what it as a whole mm-hmm. doesn't really go anywhere compared to the rest of the album, which is a bit more, you know, like saying stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just really psychedelic and really kind of spacey. It is. And I, it, it's a bit, maybe if it was two minutes, I wouldn't yeah. mind it, but it's six minutes long. Yeah. Yeah. Would you really like some? I do quite like it. Okay. I think I really like their, so I've obviously already said I really like their dark stuff, but I really like their psychedelic stuff as yeah. well. Um, so like Tighter and Tighter was my yeah. by far favourite song of the That's last true. album. Um, and I think this is kind of cool because it's like um, I mean at first it doesn't even sound like it's Chris singing yeah it, I mean it might not be I'm assuming no it is, it is yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. there's but one voice, that Chris isn't singing on but yeah. this one is Chris but his voice sounds very strange in it um, it does what a lot of the album does which is like um, the verses are made up of like sets of three lines just yeah. lots of sets of three lines which I think is kind of a cool structure yeah um, but I, I really like the riff because it, it sounds like they've written a metal riff yeah. and then played it on an acoustic yeah. guitar, like a down-tuned acoustic yeah. guitar, and it just sounds really odd. Yeah. And But I, I love, I think I've mentioned this before, I love the sound of like a sort of crunchy bass underneath yeah. an acoustic you guitar have, because yeah. I just think it's a really odd dynamic mm-hmm. because the bass comes through so much yeah. and it's like, it's not held up by this massive distortion, it's just held up by this like, sort of softer guitar yeah. and I really love that yeah that sort of play of music yeah absolutely I, I agree that the music everyone's playing great on it and I like the there's that bit in the middle where it like goes into like this ascending sort yeah. of riff for a minute or two yeah. and I really like the pieces but I just think for six minutes as a whole yeah. it could maybe do with the trim I yeah. think if it was three or four I'd probably sit well but yeah. it just it just upstays it's welcome for me because it's got a riff that comes in at 310 yeah. which in any other song would be like you know how some bands just put in another riff to sort of tail off a song? Yeah. That sort of feels like that sort of riff. Yeah. And they play it like, you could play it like twice and fade it out yeah. easily and be done at like 320, but they play it four times yeah. and, and then go into something else. Yeah. And then, yeah, so it ends up like, I feel like it could probably end halfway through. Yeah. Also, it sounds, because they have done that, You, it sounds like you could end the album with it. Because yeah. Because it's like this long, dreamy weirdness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they're just like sticking the middle. Sticking the middle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, is there any significance? Like, I mean, I was sort of probably relying on you Uh-oh. this week lyrically, okay, to tell me what Chris is talking about. Um, is there like significance like head down, head high? What What's he talking about? I don't know. It's one of those things with Chris where you can he can tell you what the song's about mm-hmm. and you still don't quite get it. Mm-hmm. It can be really obvious what the song's about. Yeah, or sometimes even he's just like. I just started writing some lyrics. Yeah. So what happens, which is Black Hole Song, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's it's interpretation a lot of the time. Fine. Unless unless he literally says, here's what it's about and you can fucking yeah. like his acoustic stuff. That stuff I feel like is more right. like digestible. Yeah. You'll read the lyrics and be like, ah, this is what okay. he's saying. It's but, interesting because there's a song later on which the story behind it is very like written about. Yeah. And when you read his lyrics and you know the story, you're like, oh, it's so literal. Yeah. Like now I'm obviously this is yeah. what it's about but if you don't know the story you're just like uh, what he's a mad genius yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly and that is basically the line that you sort of run yeah. with Chris yeah. is that, and it's one of the reasons I love, I love like his lyrics but I also yeah. love that you kind of get to do what you want with them so going into Black Hole Sun okay do you know what um, the producer made Chris sit down and listen to beforehand I saw somewhere Frank Sinatra yeah yeah do you know why can you like strike a uh, similarity between this song no and, and, and I can't think of like that Chris on this sounds any different to other Chris no. like it's not like he suddenly sounds like Frank Sinatra or he's trying to ape Frank he just sounds yeah. like Chris Cornell yeah so or uh, interestingly though I played Bex was actually really enjoying this album oh, which yeah. is you know almost the first of the podcast <laughs> um, and when we listened to this song I was like oh you might even recognise this one and she said she didn't but she said he sounded like David Bowie with Foo Fighters and then for the rest of the time I was like yeah, I can kind of see yeah. that. Because, I mean, I can definitely see a Foo Fighters connection. Like, early yeah. Foo Fighters, it was only, like, a year or so yeah. later anyway. But, there's yeah, there's something 
a little bit bowish about his voice yeah, sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. especially with the psychedelic yeah. way in it's like yeah. it definitely sounds like Bowie. So um, a quick side story for this is mm. that when I saw them in Hyde Park again, there was a guy... The sky um, was purple. And the sky were... was purple, yeah, in the black hole center yeah. um, the guy, There was a guy in front of me and when they started playing this, he like turned around to sort of everyone and he went, ah, this fucking song is shit. Why are they playing it? And like, as if they're not going to play Black yeah, Hole yeah. It's like, mate, it's Black Hole Sun. Yeah. They're going to play it. It was so funny. He was just like fuming, like, ah, come on. But there's a lot of people that sort of, even though this is their biggest song, a lot of people dislike it or just sort of say it's like, I don't know. I remember someone saying to me like, oh yeah, I like Soundgarden, not like the Black Hole Sun stuff. As if that's like a phase they went Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, that's their biggest song. Yeah. Like, not like, like I'm saying I love it or hate it, but yeah. I just find it strange that it's quite divisive yeah and it, it strikes me like as weird because so let's talk about it so mm-hmm. it's weird it is I, I love this song and I've always liked it but it's okay. it's a weird song like I'm absolutely here and I that sort of if the argument is that it's their biggest song and therefore I don't like it yeah I still think that's weird because it's not like they wrote a pop song no. that got famous yeah and then, like the rest of the album is Soundgarden. This yeah. this song is very Soundgarden. Yes. It's very strange. Everyone always says it's like it doesn't the sound like it should be their biggest song. No, 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 it shouldn't be on the radio. It doesn't sound like no. it's meant. It's like five and a half minutes long, and it's just weird. Yeah, it's just like a dreamscape that Chris wrote about. All the music's really like atonal, and it's yeah. like bang, 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 like this. It's madness. And and like if people don't like it, obviously that's fine. But I I worry that if people <laughs> are like, it? I mean, <laughs> but I just mean not. It feels weird if it's like always oh, their commercial song because it's yeah, fucking no, not no, like not at all. Uh, yeah, so that, that's why I find it strange. Yeah, yeah, because it's not. Yeah, as you say, it's not like it's some three minute poppy song that the rest of the album is really long and psychedelic. Yeah. It's like this is part of that. Absolutely. Thing. Yeah, it's maybe even like the most poster boy was one it the, for it. Was it the first ballad they ever wrote? Maybe. I mean, again, like Mind Riot has a similar feeling. It's not, it's okay. not as like arpeggios, but it's it's still like soft and like soft yeah. drums and stuff. And this is just like a, I don't know, I don't know why, I don't know why yeah. people hate it. But do you, do you hate it? Like, do you? No, I don't it, hate like, it. I don't love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, it's not the best track on the album. No, but it's not shit. Yeah. But I tell you what, I do love. I mean, again, I fucking love the bridge. It's very cool. It's mental. Yeah, it's great. So I want to talk about the verse. Okay. Because. Obviously, it starts with this like picked chord mm-hmm. um, with the so nice. dreaminess going on. I feel like literally, if you had a hundred bands playing this song, yeah, they would just play that same picking through the verse. Yeah, but these guys decided to do some different picking in the verse. Yeah, and it's difficult to tell. Is it literally just that same chord, but like a couple of octaves up, and they've just gone with different bits of it, or is it just completely different? Because it's the same sort of melody. I have never. I should just look at a tab. I've always thought this myself. Yeah. Because I can play the low bit, the yeah. intro, but like oh, you never look to the rest. No, I just. Some of it sounds like it might even be harmonics. Yeah, exactly. Because like, on acoustic, yeah. I play the version Chris plays, which is the low part. Right, he doesn't yeah. play because on live, he's not playing. That's Kim, and he stops playing at all because there's no other guitar. Yeah. But you're absolutely right. Anyone else would keep the dun 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 dun. Yeah. But what you get is like. And I think it's the same thing, but it's so high and so phased. Yeah. It could just be like any notes that Kim can find. Yeah. But it's... It really works. Yeah, it does really work. And then the other thing that they do that no other band would do is that when you get to this big, quite like ploddy sing-along chorus... Yeah. That they still keep picking. Yeah. They go distorted, but it's not like... It's still ding 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 chords. No, yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. It's really interesting. Because I just feel like every other band would have done it very differently and yeah. it would have been like, a radio song it would have been a radio song and it would have been the song that people would be like oh not that one yeah but they make it their own yeah absolutely it's, yeah. it's a strange thing um, and then on Spooman which you did know so those are the two well, back to back the two, two I knew, which yeah I think it's kind of strange I mean those are the two biggest songs here and it's like seven and eight on the album yeah. or something it's a strange ordering I think mm-hmm. I mean I didn't realise that this was about a real Spoonman oh you don't know about Spoonman no, I mean yeah. I probably do because of this song but yeah yeah, I mean, he's on the track. He's, he's on the track, track which I only found out when I was doing my notes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Listening uh, to those spoons for years. Artemis the Spoon Man, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's a cool song. I think I heard the version of this, the Audio Slave covered this. Did they? Yeah. That and must I, be weird. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's mostly the same until the solo, when Tom Morello does a Tom Morello solo, for right. the most part. But I think the first time I heard it, it was I heard the Audio Slave version. But it's such, it's such a cool song. It's, again, it's so, like, grooving and rocking. Yeah. But it's also got all the weird off-time stuff. And, the like, the verses are just, like, stops. Vocals. I mean, it, it also like the main riff is like really cool, but it's a really dun, dun, weird dun. riff. Yeah, absolutely. Because it, I mean, it's like four, 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 three. Yeah. But also, there's three. just like stops and just like non notes. Yeah. It sort of sounds like it should be this big descending thing. Yes. 
and in your head it is, but then when you actually break it down, yeah. it's, it's really not. Yeah, it's like because it's da 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 da. It's like it's yeah. through bars. Isn't yeah. it? It's not like you say not like din 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 like yeah. anyone else would do. It's very weird. And then the chorus, like it's a really simple riff as well in the chorus, which becomes the bridge. The da 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 da. Yeah. Real simple. It's just in like drop T. Bouncy at that point. It's great. Yeah. Absolutely. But another amazing solo on this song as well. A great bass break as well. Great. The only bass break in sound art history. And he screams, with your hat! Will you? It's great. I've always yeah. wished, the drum break after it, I wish Matt went, I know it's like meant to be like a spoon percussion break, yeah. but I always wish he'd just gone like, because yeah. it's like eight bars or 16 bars yeah. of just him going, dun, 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 dun. and I'm like, Matt. He could have like upped the intensity, I think. Exactly. I just wish he'd like big old snares. Yeah. yeah. But maybe, yeah. The, maybe the genius is giving the artist the space. Exactly. Which is great, that yeah. spoon solo. I agree with you though. It took me about four years before I got headphones and I was like, there's fucking spoons on this yeah. song. Like, it just never occurred to me that Spoon Man was literal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why would yeah. Oh, that he'd be, there'd be spoons on a song. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. It's so weird. So he was a guy that would just like busk in Seattle, right? Yeah, you That's... can find him on YouTube, yeah. yeah. To the best of my knowledge, he's like bald and okay. shirtless often. Okay. And he just fucking plays the spoons. He's got a big old rag spoon. Amazing. Have they ever had him on stage? Don't know. Maybe on the tour of this. I don't know if he's still alive these days, but yeah. I may, maybe on 94. Because they must out. have played this when you've seen them. Yeah, oh yeah, got you. So is that... Is that break just Matt on just drums? Just Matt on drums, yeah. And then drops down to the... Doesn't even have his spoons hanging on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Chris is at the front playing the spoons. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I, think, I think so. But uh, maybe in 94 they might have brought him out because he's in the music video to it. Oh, is he? The, the, video is, the video is like performance and then in a big warehouse, him like dancing around with his spoons. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, at least he got like a recognition from it. Yeah. So can I make a prediction that you quite like Limo Wreck? Yeah, I pretty like it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I like it, yeah. Good. I was I like all week I've been like, I hope he likes this one. Because <laughs> yeah. I really like it. I think it's a great song. Well, you, you mentioned Limo Rec oh, in yeah. episode three. Oh my God. And now, obviously you're not going to be oh, able to remember like why Tighter and Tighter. I probably remember it because it reminds me of Tighter and Tighter. In, oh. in my head, it's, the, it's a similar feel of like yeah. that kind of yeah. psychedelic-ish, but also kind of rocking, but really like low dark. Yeah, like rumbling yeah. along. Kind I of think thing. it's a really good one to have after Spoon Man. Yeah. Because you just have these two like, Ones that everyone will know because they're the singles. By like by the time you buy the album, they would have both been on the radio. Yeah, I, I think any other band again would have just put like a ballad there. Yeah, but they just go, well, we'll bring it down. Yeah, but, but just not in the way you expect. Weird dark yeah. space. Yes, this song is so dark. I yeah. love the and I really wasn't expecting that. I was expecting a lot more '90s rock. Okay, which I think I don't know. In my head, I just keep thinking they're going to be so much more parallel with Pearl Jam. Yeah. than they are. Yeah. And they're really not. No, they're their own thing. They always were. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like they're closer to Alice in Chains. Oh, absolutely. Which is like, just, it's straight, still strange to me that you didn't get on with that. Yeah. Album, <laughs> strange to me as well. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I love this song. I love the, the like time signature of it where it's got that extra bar at the end of yeah. three. I love the first riff with the harmonics. Ding, 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 yeah. Ding. Yeah. So um, many harmonics. So many harmonics. All the which harmonics. Which is fine with me today. Yes. And this is one of the ones that you said, where I love the lyric. I like, again, the lyrics, which I never read until this week, but. Chris apparently saw, like he was sat in traffic and he saw some like fancy cars and he thought yeah. that he'd never seen an image of two limos crashed next to each other right. as like a symbol for wealth, like you know, falling in on itself, yeah. like you never see that. Um, I mean that sort of really slow but like never ending feel that the chorus has of yeah. just like pushing forwards, you can really just sort of imagine like limos just like smashing Slowly. in slow motion. Yeah, like. absolutely. And the bit yeah. before the pre-chorus, the I'll be going down, when the second guitar just starts yeah. going, rip, rip, that sounds yeah. like some sort of accident when yeah. it's happened, doesn't it? Um, but yeah, so it's a song about like wealth and, and how it might, you know, it could come to a come to a halt. It's, yeah. I really like, I just love the feel of it. I think it's great. And the melody's great. That chorus is huge. Like the wreck of you, yeah. death of you all. Oh, ah! I love that so it's much. It's fucking yeah. enormous, yeah. Uh, I want to praise you there for knowing what, I was talking about with the uh, episode three reference because in my notes I've actually said it hits me right in the same way that Titan and Titan did. Yeah, there you go. which is why I wake up and like I hope he likes this because yeah. this is the one I, I think is like a big parallel to Titan and Titan. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just a cool, it's just a cool song. Like it's it's got such a good feel to it. Yeah. And this is one like you said where the verse, the chorus is the same guitar part, just yeah. big chords instead. Yeah. Nothing exactly. changes for like five minutes. Yeah. Yeah, and it is like five minutes. Mm. I mean, a lot of these songs are, which is pretty bold but it is bold it's a bold <laughs> choice in the mid 90s yeah uh, okay then we get two weird sort of sorrowful high swingy like sort of really odd guitars again yeah like it turns into quite a straightforward 
rock song. Well, that intro is very weird, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's got nothing to do with the rest of the song either. It's just yeah. like a piece of music for yeah. like 30 seconds. Exactly. Yeah. So this, just to quickly jump back, the same guy that wasn't happy about Black Hole Sun, yeah. when this started, fucking turned around, yeah! Oh, what? <laughs> he was like, yes! This is a fucking tune! <laughs> Telling everyone like high fiving people. I need to know this guy's ranking of songs. Exactly. It was a very strange moment. So yeah. he, he loved this one. Um, yeah, yeah I, I've always loved this song. I yeah. will say uh, it's so weird. It like, is. It's, again, so this is a very Soundgarden-y single. Yeah. Because if you think back to the songs like this on Down and Upside, it was like um, like Pretty News, I guess, and like Blowing the Outside World, maybe. Yeah, Blowing the Outside yeah, World, Burning yeah. My Hand, maybe. Burning my hand, yeah. That sort of side of it that was yeah. like not like the faster rocking because I, I think there's kind of a stuff. lot more changes of pace on that album yeah whereas this so. is all quite like ploddy yeah which is yeah maybe that's why I don't like Super Unknown and uh, My Wave as much because they're, they're more like the up yes and you're in a mood of like yeah absolutely that makes sense but yeah this is cool I've always loved the lyrics in this song as well I think they're really great again I mean it's Chris so I probably shouldn't even be bothering but it's just such a cool that feel of like so great yeah. and the chorus just rips in and again in his voice you should see the full range of like yeah. here's a low verse and the <laughs> like fucking Jesus why is he taking your fucking head off uh, just wonderful yeah it's also got one of my favourite things ever oh which is the Chris Cornell yeah it's got Chris Cornell in it and Soundgarden <laughs> it's that at the end I love the turn I've always loved in the end the, the, like the whole song is about like the idea of like seizing the day and like mm. um, and like doing these things, but but not necessarily in a good way. Like the first chorus is the day I tried to live, I stole a thousand beggars' change and gave it to the rich yeah. and stuff. And it's this like this imagery of like that. And then at the very end, he says the day I tried to live, and then just like you, and he like turns it into like mm. say. I mean, like in my head, it's always been like he's saying like a bad person, basically. Yeah, yeah. Like this is how you live, and I'm this is the day I tried to live the way you live think about yourself yeah and I've always just, it's just such a because it comes right at the end as the song drops right down yeah. to the outro it's really understated it's a really cool shit yeah and it's yeah, just yeah. and he's just saying just like you and yeah. it's like oh fuck thanks so much yeah it's so good yeah. oh I'm a little Chris and then you get to Kickstand which is the obligatory Soundgarden weird punk song that just appears in the middle of the album I know is this like, the other one you don't like no I like this song oh okay I like this song but this is right it reminds me of um, thingy No Attention from do you remember No Attention and yeah, then, yeah yeah and there's one on Bad Motorfinger called Face Pollution which right. is like two minutes of it's almost like, sort of type hobby as well yeah oh yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah. and there's always one and then I don't know why is, they do it yeah it's, it's like a minute and a half yeah it's just totally so different so strange comes out of nowhere it's only 90 seconds long yep why is it there yeah it's, it's like I a, mean it's fine I don't dislike it but it's I don't know it's it's weird isn't it, it is weird it's a weird little like you said like a minute and a half punkish like yeah Okay, done. We're finished. Yeah. And it's a song about I mean, kickstand. It's the lyrics make no sense whatsoever. It's no. like bike sort of metaphors, but yeah. Um, to what end? It does have a early Foo Fighters feel again. True. Like, actually, you can sort of hear them listening to this. Yeah. Then coming to like monkey wrench. Monkey wrench. I was going to say is the one. Yeah. Yeah, then, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But then we go back to um, proper soundbite again. Yeah. Exactly. Very tenuous. Yeah. Is, yeah. Um, so there's an effect in the verse. Which I don't even know if it's even a guitar playing. Is this the thing in the left ear? I think so. Yeah, but, but it also it sort of sounds like multiple strings. Yeah, which... and it sounds too low to be a guitar. Like, yeah. That's the problem. It doesn't sound like I don't know what tuning this is in. Is there a Maybe let's have a look? Thing. It's in D G D G B E. So just down a step. So okay. Um, who knows? Because like if it was bass, it'd have to be like way up there. Yeah. And it sounds like multiple strings. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows what it is? Um, but on that note, I, this is another one that I love. This sits in like the limo rec bracket for me. Okay, that, yeah. like slow burn. Yeah. Um, just really like Chris is just like chant, not chanting, but like it's really, yeah. really low key. And then the chorus just boots in, and you get the shame bit. Yeah. But this has got another really interesting, um, like, uh, structure is the word I'm trying to find because you get the shame throw yourself away bit, but then it cuts back into the verse riff. Uh, then da 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 and he keeps singing and it's yeah. like but it's still the chorus but it's yeah. also it doesn't sound anything like the rest of the chorus yeah. and it's like which where does this like how do you write two pieces of music and make them one long chorus yeah and just keep singing the same thing yeah, yeah. yeah. it's, it's uh, very interesting yeah it how is. do you feel do you like this one do you hate this one no I like it I think yeah I agree it's got that sort of weird like it never reaches like big sort of sing-along-y stuff yeah and it never goes sort of as low or as dark as some of their stuff but yeah. it, it just has this a lot of their songs because I think maybe because they go on for a longer time mm-hmm. as well they just have this 
feel about them that they're just like constantly moving yeah and it's just this thing that just is yeah. existing and going past you and mm-hmm. stuff. yeah it's pretty interesting yeah like an entity yeah exactly I reckon you might quite like 4th of July <laughs> I do love it yeah. it's quite good isn't it <laughs> sounds like Melvin's it's ridiculous <laughs> isn't it and it's only in C it's drop C and it's like, it sounds like the end of time it it's like really it's does. that yeah. just the tone of the dun, 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 like yeah I mean it sounds like the most down tuned guitar I've ever literally heard. Yeah. it sounds like it's badly recorded and yeah. it's in like and the strings are hanging off yeah. and someone's just going rum, rum, and it's only in C so I don't know what the hell they did to make it sound like that and there's the bass in the starts just like yeah I mean, he, he's so low in it that he's almost like you can't even hear a note yeah. it's just like a grumble yeah <laughs> it's just a feeling yeah. there is a bass yeah. yeah his lyrics like his voice like on the end of the world sort of thing. absolutely so he was, on like an LSD trip in a reservation yeah. in the in America, right? And it's and just like a sort of talking about the fireworks of Fourth of July, but in terms of like an apocalypse, yeah, sort of thing. Which yeah, is, I mean, prime real estate for us. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, but it's so like the first minute and a half is just that random, yeah. like nothing. And Chris and yeah. his low voice from shower and like yeah. But I mean, his voice works so well. Unbelievable. Well. Because then you get in the verse two and three, you get the the octave harmony where he's yeah. like wailing in the right ear or whatever yeah. and left ear he's still doing and oh and that chorus yeah. when it kicks in because the chorus has got like a sort of bluesy yeah, side yeah, yeah. to it but it still feels super low and yeah. thick and then like eventually yeah. they're so good at holding stuff yeah, eventually just, it just gets until you, you need it yeah. yeah and then you get the second the end of that second chorus when he drops down and, he, and it sort of maintains the groove and he's doing that July yeah. like that's so high and then into yeah. the solo Oh, it's so and great. Even the solo sounds like down tune. Yeah, yeah. And like obviously the guitar would have been, but yeah. I mean, like it even sounds like it's in a lower realm. Yeah, like everything's down. Yeah, it's and like it, it sounds like I don't know how you write a solo that's clearly a really good solo, but it still sounds like slow and doomy. Yeah, and like almost like lazy, not in like a yeah, lazy yeah. written, but it sounds. Like it just a, sounds yeah, yeah, like slur. Like yeah. how do you write yeah. a solo that sounds really good? For that for that type of yeah. song, but it's also yeah, it's really impressive. It is really impressive. One, two, three, four. Go, 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 go. <laughs> so this is the other one that I don't really like. I yeah. hadn't guessed. Yeah, I already guessed. This, yeah. So this is again because it just feels like a weird. It's ben and Kyle. Yeah, I fucking hate Ben. How dare he sing? Chris Cornell's in his band. What's he doing? Um, it just feels like another weird interlude. Yeah, it does. It's like really strange. Ben's doing like this like I don't know how Ben normally sings if he does normally sing, but he's doing like a high pitched falsetto y. Like it's really weird. All the music's just like da 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 da. Like it's got this. Weird, it's very Eastern. It's very like it the, is, the psychedelic yeah. style yeah. of everything. Yeah. But it just doesn't. It, it's weird. It just doesn't fit. No, it, it really doesn't. Yeah, it, it's like two minutes long, so it's it's not that quick. No, but it's not long enough to be a full song. Yeah. So it just feels like you're just prolonging the final song. Absolutely. Really. Yeah. And it it just doesn't sound like Soundgarden. No, it doesn't at all. It's, I think because it's all Ben's creation. Yeah. Top so to bottom, fine. Just keep it on your own. Yeah, <laughs> have a little dinner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, let's bring it home. Let's bring it home. You like suicide. I, I I haven't listened to this in a while, and I've okay. forgotten how much I like it. This song. Yeah. Yeah. I I think maybe it goes on a bit too long. Seven minutes. Yeah. Maybe it could be the outro could be a bit shorter because it's sort of like four and a half minutes of sort of song and yeah. two and a half minutes of the yeah. outro. Yeah. But. I, I really like this. It's got it's got a thing that I absolutely adore, which is that Matt's snare is turned off for most of the song. So you oh. get that like, dunk, that like, oh yeah, that, yeah, and then right in the middle, he just goes, bah! and yeah. he's like, oh, oh, there's a snare when, drum. Yeah, when he just brings that yeah. up and the drums just like command yeah. the rest of the band to come in. Yeah, it's huge. I love when a band does yeah. that. But yeah, I love it. I think it's another really low key one that's really strange. How like, would he do that? Sorry, how would he do that live? Would he literally have to like probably flip it in the gap? Yeah, whilst still playing something. Yeah, like and luckily in that he goes like dun dun bat. So he might be okay. Yeah. A lot of drummers have a second snare here that's off, and they oh. would have played the song like this, and then he would have just gone like that. But imagine if he just like got in your own head and started. Yeah, played the wrong one. Yeah, <laughs> bonk. <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah. But I look, it's apparently a bird hit Chris's window. I've never realised how it is. Is this the one you're talking about that's very yes, literal? Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Because I've always thought of it as this like love, like like a love loss yeah. sort of a really emotional yeah. thing. But it's literally about a bird that hit Chris's window and he killed it with a brick. Yeah, he was like trying to write lyrics, couldn't, and then he hears this loud thud and it's a robin that basically like almost died uh, flying into a window and Chris sort of euthanised it. Yeah. And then... Wrote this wrote. incredible song. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and the lyrics are amazing. Like the yeah. first verse is great. The second verse with the bit down on the bullet now, have a taste so sad. Yeah. It's like 
He's so good. Yeah. Well, uh, what I really like about that second verse is that his voice is very understated at the beginning. Yes. And then when the second verse comes in, it's almost like he's like raising himself an octave. Yeah. Like, when it comes back. Yeah. It's just like, okay, right, we're yeah. up here now. Yeah, because we are. Yeah, but the music doesn't change. Yeah. It's not like everything boots yeah. in and so he's giving it the beans. It's yeah. the same music. Yeah. But he's just decided... Hey, watch this. Yeah. But then, yeah, it boots in and you get that, like, and it becomes this huge thing. Um, And he does another very Soundgarden thing, or at least there's a couple of other Soundgarden songs that have it, where the pre-choruses become like a bridge where he repeats both pre-choruses back to back. Yes. As like a new section of the song. Happens in a song called Slaves and Bulldozers on Bad Motorfinger. Yeah. Um, And yeah, he's just wailing, but then it's just like two and a half minutes of that sort of like, down, 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 down. And you get this like long outro. Maybe it could be a bit shorter, mm-hmm. but it's it's still cool. And I, you know, you get another Kim solo, which is always always a treat. Yes. Um, and then yeah, and then it sort of breaks down at the end, and you just get the slow end, and then yeah, the, that's the album. Yeah, done. Nice seventy minutes. Nice seventy minutes. <laughs> um, okay, well, let's go with the the obvious thing first. How do you feel about a cut? Well, I again we. Did we talk about it on the episode? We did talk about it on the episode. I was going to say the, the conversation about this being my second favourite song on that one. Yeah, you've already um, said that. Yeah, I just wasn't sure if it was off air, but it was. It was definitely on air. Yeah, I think it's hard to separate because I've been listening to it for 15 years. Mm-hmm. All the stuff you've experienced this week mm-hmm. is like part of my life at this point. Of course. Like the surprising snare roll in, Drown, in Let Me Drown. Yeah. Not surprising to me. I've yeah. listened to it thousands yeah. of times. Yeah. But you're right. Like you, you forget that those things aren't normal. Like, you know, that's, that's like the Soundgarden thing that I love is how... They do so much unexpected stuff and they don't really sound like anyone else. They sort of were four guys who wrote whatever they wanted yeah. and put it out and like it or don't like it, like you fucking go on. And I love it and I always have. Yeah. I just think it's not it's not perfect because there's two songs that I literally don't like on yeah. the album and it's, it's maybe a bit long, like 70 minutes. Without yeah. those two songs, it would be 60 minutes-ish. Yeah. Uh, so maybe that would be a bit more palatable. But it's just like Soundgarden doing Soundgarden. You get every range of their... their artistic abilities you get yeah. all of their songwriting brilliance you get to listen to Chris which is always you know a joy for me always because good. he's just my favourite yeah I just think for, for me like I'm obviously biased it's obviously a waste of time even trying to defend this <laughs> but I, it's, it's, it's wonderful I've always enjoyed listening to this album and yeah. for the last 15 years and forever I'm going to be listening to it good because obviously you famously said no to Down on the Upside I, and then regretted, regretted it, it for, for the, the entire year life. yeah um and so, we talked about like the fact that we were we were that was early in the podcast, and we were both like, well, it wasn't quite as good as Leviathan, yeah. so it doesn't deserve to be. Not. Whereas yeah. I think lately we've softened into like, but I love yeah. it. Like yeah. it doesn't matter. Exactly. It yeah. doesn't have to be perfect. No. Just if you how you feel about it matters. Yeah. And I love this album. So. Great. So it's a yes. Oh, it's a, it's a huge yes. It was a yes from the moment it was on the exactly. spreadsheet. Brilliant. <laughs> what about you? How are you feeling? Uh, it's a yes from me, Kyle. <sighs> I didn't expect Music to. Mazes. to well, it's just an album full of stuff you don't expect. Yes. It's a lot more consistent than Down on the Upside. I, I agree. Because, I mean, we literally went through that album in, like, genre, by genre. Yeah, yeah you separate, yes, of course. By, by tracklisting, which in hindsight is a terrible idea. We should not <laughs> have done that because albums are in a certain order for a reason. That was my mistake. No, I mean, it was a fun <laughs> episode. But it's definitely a lot more consistent, but there's still so many things you don't expect. Mm-hmm. Like, song-wise... And I definitely wasn't expecting so much like dark, doomy stuff. Yes. I guess that's sort of carried over from their earlier stuff. Yeah. Um, and just decisions within songs from different people, just things you don't expect people to do or yeah. like directions you don't expect them to take. And there's so many fantastic things from it that, yeah. again, not the bits you'd expect them to be. You'd be like, right, Black Hole Sun, this is their big song. Like, this is going to be the thing that hits me. Yeah. Like, no, it's good, but it's not... Like, yeah. I'm in love with this other thing, yeah, which yeah. is like a weird little album track, yeah. apparently. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been really interesting. Like, like it's been probably one of the most interesting albums to like try and get to know. Yes, because there's a lot to unpack. Yeah, and it's not just ten Don't songs pay, yeah. by a band that sounds like a band because yeah. they have a very distinct sound, but they do it in so many different ways. Yes, that it's, sound is yeah. a spectrum. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, and I have written three picks you are a lucky man you can <laughs> I'm in your position because I it's just like don't let I can't choose like don't don't make me basically yeah so, I mean that's my main issue I was obviously I knew I was going to say yes uh, my main issue this week has been that I'm picking the wrong songs okay which obviously I haven't picked the wrong songs they're my three favourites yes but I'm aware that I like 
made probably the weirder stuff. I mean, that's absolutely fine. I okay. So generally, apart from head down and half, yeah. I'm happy with literally anything going on the playlist. Fine. So I've gone Fell on Black Days, yep. Mailman, 4th of July. Okay. <laughs> I mean... But I could have had... I actually could have had head down. Um, but I could have had Let Me Drown or Limery Wreck yeah. or Spoon Man. Yeah. Here's my... I'll show you my list. You're in the same room as me. Mailman, Fell on Black Days, 4th of July, Limery Wreck. Oh no, not sorry, Days the Day I Tried to Live. Oh, okay, cool. So I'm happy with your three picks because they're all on my shortlist of five. Wowzers, but, they really But are. I would also have happily gone with Let Me Drown or okay. Spoon Man or anything. So Interesting. Mailman, Fell on Black Days, and 4th of July is happy. I'm a bit sad that Limerick isn't on there, but yeah. fine. I'm it is, absolutely fine. It is a good song. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm aware that those are like a very. It doesn't show off their spectrum yeah. because those are like three very. Not similar songs, but they're all like the dark, slow, sludgy ones. And obviously, someone going to the playlist being like, "What's the best of Soundgarden?" Like, we're we're only necessarily like highlighting a very certain yeah. type of. But like you say, it, like if everyone wants to, you can hear Black Hole Sun, you can hear yeah. Spoon Man. They're the big old singles. True. You should be listening to Mailman Fourth of July. Yes, you really. <laughs> what you should be listening yes, to. You really should. So I'm very happy with them two being on there. And then Fell on Black Days is. I mean, there's enough of a dichotomy between Fell on Black Days and Mailman. Yeah. You know. So that's fine for me. Absolutely happy with that. Cool. Very glad you liked it. Very excited to see what you think about Bad Motor Finger. Um, Where, when are we doing that? Next week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, what are we doing next week? We should, uh, we should probably find out, out, shouldn't we? Yeah, we should. In the same room as each other? Whoa. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. Do you have a random number? I do. Cool. It is number 89. 89. We are listening to another band listened to before they've never read three, three in a row three in a row no uh, Avenged Sevenfold and their self-titled album Avenged Sevenfold well yeah I famously knew nothing and still know nothing about them apart from Nightmare okay you Just, know this one yeah I know this one this is the album before Nightmare okay so the um, last one with the Rev last one with the Rev so you actually get to hear not only the Rev's writing but you get to hear his physical Drum. drumming as well got you uh, which is always a treat always a treat uh, but what we will think of the album as a whole We'll have to wait until next week. All right, interesting. Um, where can people find us and get in touch with us? We are on Instagram and Twitter at Chew the Metal, and you can uh, find us on any podcast platform, obviously. But um, if you would go on Apple Podcasts, you can give us a rating and a review. That helps us get seen. And also, I just realised I forgot. You can email us mm. Chew the Metal at gmail.com if you want to disagree, agree, be on the podcast, recommend an album, etc., etc. Yes, all of those things, please. Yes, please. Yes. Cool. All right. Well, that's been Soundgarden Super Unknown. We're going to go listen to Event Sevenfold by Event Sevenfold for a <laughs> week. And I will be back in Brighton by that point. All right. Cool. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>